Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Monday, December 12th. Glad you're tuned in and listening and trust that you're enjoying the blessings of the Lord. Well, we're blessed to be able to send out these broadcasts over WSOF, WAJJ, WLTM, WKYG, and the soon-to-be WLHE, the entire Light and Truth Radio Network, and hope that they are a blessing to you. Well, we're beginning a sermon today that we're going to carry throughout the week, and I'm dealing with a biblical character, the character of Abraham, and I've called him the character of faith because Abraham is known as the father of the faith or the father of the faithful. And he shows us what faith looks like. And we're going to be dealing with that on this week's broadcast. But first, I've got a good song queued up here by the Roten and Arnold family. This is a family from Ash County, North Carolina. And I say Roten and Arnold. The dad is a Roten. The daughter is an Arnold. And then, of course, the son is a Roten. And they're singing together here a good song entitled, Listen to the Word of God. And then we're going to have the message. From the Word of God. Well, it is time to look back in the Scripture. Today's sermon is coming from John chapter number 8 and Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to begin by reading some verses in Hebrews 11 and then go into John chapter 8. We're going to be studying a little bit about the life of Abraham. I've titled my message for this week, Abraham, the Character of Faith. And he is used throughout the Scriptures especially in the New Testament, to show us exactly what faith is like. So on today's broadcast, I'm actually going to begin just the introduction and start with the first point, and I just call that Abraham's first mention, and we're going to be talking a little bit about his history, his birth, the timeline in which he was born, and the family. We'll just get some introduction to that on today's broadcast. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Turn in your Bible to the book of St. John, chapter number 8. John, chapter number 8, and Hebrews, chapter number 11. We're going to look at both of these texts. John, chapter 8, and Hebrews, chapter 11. i tell you what, I think I'll start in Hebrews 11. So we'll we'll begin there. These are familiar verses, particularly the book of Hebrews is anyway. Chapter 11. And looking at Abraham, I preached on him the other Sunday a few weeks ago, maybe a little over a month ago maybe, uh, about Abraham, and I've still got him on my heart, my thoughts. And so I'm, I'm looking at some thoughts about Abraham tonight. Hebrews 11, verse number 8, the Bible says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now, I want you to notice some words in verse number 8. Those first three words, I underlined them. By faith, Abraham. And then I underlined the word obeyed. Because when you believe, you obey. That's right. When you believe, you obey. And that's what Abraham, and he proved his belief by his obedience. And we're going to look at that. Look at chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. 
And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Now turn, if you will, to John chapter number 8. And notice the words of our Lord in verse number 39. Jesus said, well, it said, And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. You know what he said? If you believed like Abraham, you'd obey like Abraham. Right? That's exactly what he's saying. Verse 39, They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Jump down to verse number 56. Verse 56. Again, the words of our Lord. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Amen. Well, I'm going to preach about Abraham. Here's what I've titled it. Abraham, the character of faith. Looking at, he is a character. He's a Bible character, a biblical character. But he has character. And the characteristic of Abraham is his faith. He is known as the father of the faithful. He is known as the friend of God. Amen. Uh, Abraham is a patriarchal figure, a father figure to the Jews, to the Muslims, and the Christians. We call him Father Abraham. We recognize him in that patriarchal, that, that leadership capacity in which he resides. Now, say this, Abraham was a normal human being. Abraham was, if I could say it, just a man. And yet he cast a long shadow over time. Amen. His time span or the scheme of time has a long shadow of Abraham reaching across it. In Romans, you don't have to turn to these. I'll read to you. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Amen. I'm talking about Father Abraham. That's the point I'm making, is that he's the father of the faithful. Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. He says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. So he's the father of the faith. I looked up some things, and and I like to do this sometimes, just get some uh, some statistics, some uh, some figures of things in the Bible. So I looked up the name Abraham, and of course he's known originally as Abram, Abram, and Abraham. His name is found 309 times in the King James Bible. There's 66 books of the Bible, and almost half of them list his name at least once. 27 of the books of the Bible, 16 in the Old Testament, 11 in the New Testament, mention the name of Abraham or Abram at least once, many, many more times than that. Matter of fact, in the book of Genesis alone, his name is found 193 times in the book of Genesis. I think, I didn't, I didn't really search, 
drastic, but I think it'd be safe to say that the name Abraham is more common in the book of Genesis than anybody else's name other than perhaps the name of God himself. Abraham is a very prominent man, is what I'm saying. Uh, you might be surprised when I tell you the, the second book that his name is mentioned most in. If I were to ask for you to guess, I doubt any of us would have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed it. It's mentioned 193 times in the book of Genesis. The next book of the Bible that it's mentioned most in is the book of Luke. Fifteen times the name of Abraham is mentioned in the book of Luke. The second most is the book of John that I read to you right here a moment ago. Ten times his name is mentioned in the book of John. Uh, no, eleven times in the book of John, ten times in the book of Hebrews, and nine times in the book of Galatians, and in the book of Romans. In other words, I say that Abraham is a pivotal character in our Bible. He is a very prominent character in the Old Testament, and he's also even a foundational character in the New Testament. He's a very, very prominent man in our Bible. So I believe we do well to study his life and I guess we could draw some things beneficial from his life if we would study about it and look at some of his character traits and try to maybe uh, aspire to some of the character of Abraham. Now, I believe it does good to investigate his faith, what he believed, and it would do us good to adopt his obedient compliance to God's commands. Amen. Uh, matter of fact, when the Apostle Paul sought to explain or to argue, you might say, the point of salvation by faith, he used Abraham as his choice subject. Abraham was his example in the book of Romans about salvation by faith. Abraham was his example in the book of Galatians about salvation by faith. And Abraham was his example in the book of Hebrews about salvation by faith. When the Apostle James wanted to prove the obedience of faith and argue the point that faith works obedience, he chose Abraham as well. Now, when I say these men chose Abraham, they didn't just any meeny miny mo catch a Hebrew by the toe and picked Abraham. Amen. No, they, they were led by the Holy Ghost to pick Abraham as the example. God, if I can say it this way, and I believe it's right to say it, God sets forth Abraham as an example of faith. He sets forward Abraham as an example of salvation by faith, and He sets forth Abraham as an example of obedience from faith. Amen. And in all these books that I mentioned there in the New Testament, He uses him as an example. Matter of fact, when our Lord Jesus Himself, was discussing the theme of salvation by faith and the obedience of faith. He set forth Abraham as his example in the text that I read to you here in John chapter number 8 in other places as well. As I mentioned, John mentions him very much and Luke mentions him second of all. And so Jesus uses uh, the admiration of Abraham and the, he exhibits Abraham that we might admire his faith and his character. And I think it does good to look at it a little bit and study him a little bit. I don't know that this is going to be a, a series. It may very well be. I'd love to uh, do a, a character study of Abraham. But this is an initial thought that God gave me for tonight. 
And I'm going to look at the first mention of Abraham. Look, if you will, in Genesis chapter number 11 is the very first mention of this man by the name of Abraham. Of course, he's named Abram when he starts. Amen. Abram. Genesis chapter number 11. I've got three points I want to talk to you about Abraham's life. And I call it the character of faith. Abraham, the character of faith. First of all, my first point is this. The first mention. That's my first point. The first mention. Genesis chapter 11 and verse number 27 is the first mention of his name. Look at it. The Bible says, Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. So you notice our very first mention, by a man by the name of Terah, he has three sons. I don't know that they're all three born at the same time. Like I don't know that Noah's three sons were all born at the same time. But that's how they're mentioned. Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they're always mentioned three. Although it looks like, and I believe we can find, according to the Scripture, that uh, that Japheth was the elder. And then you can see that, but it's always Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Or Shem, Ham, and Japheth. In this case, it's always Abram first. Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And then Haran begat Lot. Now... Genesis chapter 11 is interesting to me. If you just look at it, we don't have time to, to read through it, but you just look at it, the beginning of the chapter, you can see that the whole world's got one language. It's not been all that long since the flood, when Genesis 11 starts. Looks like probably somewhere in the range of a hundred years may have passed. And I've got reason for believing that. I can I could give it to you later by looking at the dates when these men had their children and what happened here. But in chapter number 11, the first part of it, the world's all of one language. It's all really one family. They're all descendants of Noah. Ham, Shem, and Japheth have multiplied. They've had seed and their seed had seed. Children had children, had children, had children. And in a hundred years, a lot of children could be born when they're all having multiple children. And so that we saw that happen. But in the process of that, we know about the Tower of Babel. And they decided to build that tower to reach into the sky. And as they were preparing to do that, into the heaven it said, as they were preparing to do that, uh, God decided He's going to have to stop them. And the way to stop them was to confound their language. And so God did that very thing. Amen. He scattered the humans over the whole face of the earth, according to verse number 9, if you'll notice, look at verse number 9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Amen. Now, here's what God told them to do. God told them when they got off the ark to go forth. And He, he told them to replenish the earth. And the idea there is that they all might go forth, but rather than going forth, they bunched up. And you know that's not a good thing. We we know that. I mean, you, most of us are country folk. We'd a lot rather live in the country than bunched up in the city somewhere. When you get in the city, you got more crime. You've got more anger. You've got more violence. Yeah, I know. You say, well, it's because you got more people. I recognize that some some truth in that. But there's also the fact that it just seems like people get more angry when you got more traffic. You ever get angry because of traffic out here in the country? Amen. You can imagine if you got to fight that every day going to work and coming home. 
and just the, the anger and then the, the problems that people have with one another and all that goes along. And so when they bunch up, and what our world's trying to do today, they're trying to draw people together, bunch us all up into a one-world government, and God's not in it. God's not in it. Never has been. No, He's not in that. Now, the Antichrist is going to do that, and we see that. I believe we're headed towards that, and they're going to have the mark of the beast and all that goes along with that. But thank God, I'm going to be gone. Amen. Like the song Brother Earl Hughes sings, I'll be gone. Amen. Well, uh, think about this first mention of of Abram here. You've got this Tower of Babel. You've got the divisions. God spreads them out. And then the generations start up in verse number 10. These are the generations of Shem. Now, the reason he picks this, this is where Moses is going to come through this lineage. Abraham's going to come through this lineage. Christ is going to come through this lineage. The people of Israel, this is their lineage. Their, you hear them talk about? anti-Semitism. The word Semitic, they're a Semitic people. You know where that comes from? Shem. They're Shemitic people. That's where they get that. Anti-Semitic people that are Shemites. When they're, and they're against those. Anti. Against those that are Shemites. And so they're the descendants of Shem. And he lists them. And he goes through listing them. And Shem was a hundred years old. He begat Arphaxed two years after the flood. And he goes on talking about how he lived and, and died and how Arphaxed had children. And you go on and on and on. So here's what you got. You got Arphaxed. You've got Selah. You've got Eber. You've got, uh, Pelig. You've got Reu, Serug, Nahor, Terah, and then Abram. So you've got nine generations from Noah. And here's something amazing. And Noah's still alive. According to Genesis chapter number 9 and verse number 28, Noah lived 350 years after the flood. That's a long time. That's longer than just about anybody else. Shem lived longer than that, but most others died off. They, their lifespan started getting shorter after the flood. And, and you might say, and I'll just throw this out. Most of us, we're, by the way, we're Bible believers. People say, well, I just don't believe they lived that long. Well, if you're a Bible believer, you do. Because the Bible said they lived that long. And there's, I believe there's scientific uh, reasoning why they would have lived that long. When there's a canopy over the earth and you don't have the rays of the sun beating down, everything's a hot house. By the way, when plants are in a hot house, they grow bigger and live longer. Produce more. Amen. And if that was the canopy of water over the earth, when God d- deleted that canopy and the rays of the sun came down and the and the, and the, the, the different seasons came into being like that they are, people started aging faster, started losing that lifespan. And we see it happening all through, all through the scripture. Amen. But here's my point. And, and in a sense, maybe this is irrelevant for us. You might say, what does it mean to us? But I believe there's there's a reason why God recorded all this. So follow me, if you will, in my thoughts. I'm getting to where Abram is. You've got Noah still alive. But the descendants have come, and they've, they've, they've gone their way. And in the process of that time, and here I said I think it's probably about 100 years, they, they do that Tower of Babel, and God divides them, and God sends a confounding of their language and sends them out. And that confounding of their language, they start these... These Shemites start speaking Hebrew, and that comes from the man's name Eber. 
You see that in verse number uh, 14, and Selah lived 30 years and begat Eber, and Selah lived after begat Eber 403 years and begat sons and daughters, and Eber lived 40, I'm sorry, 4 and 30 years and begat Peleg, and Peleg, the Bible said over in chapter number 9, that went, that in the days of Peleg was the division of the earth. So in Eber's lifetime, in Eber's son, probably somewhere around the birth of his son, that name Peleg, by the way, deals with divisive or cut in two. And so Eber is the father figure of this family. This boy's just been born and their language is confused. What language are they going to speak? Well, they're going to speak Eberhu <laughs> or Hebrew. And that's what they call it was Hebrew. Amen. And so he's he's here, and they come down that lineage, and it just keeps on going. And finally, you've got Peleg, that's the son of Eber, then Reu, Sirug, Nahor, Terah, and then you've got Abram. Amen. So he's of that lineage. He's the ninth generation from Noah. Well, we're going to have to break in the broadcast right there as we continue the message in the days to come. Let me just say this is introductory thoughts and it may just be technical at the moment. But I want to just ask the question, are you living by faith? That's what Abraham teaches us, and that's what this sermon is dealing with. So I'm asking the question, are you living by faith? Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast.